Welcome to Living For Him podcast, where in every episode, you are invited to experience the joy of a life in Christ. I'm your host, CJ Cousins, and in today's episode, it is my prayer that the primary emphasis and goal of the following message is that you hear and respond to the good news about Jesus Christ and his kingdom. So whoever you are and wherever you are, thank you for joining us. I invite you to listen with an open heart, subscribe for future episodes, and stay tuned for some next steps after this message. Enjoy. And I want to thank Sue. Thank you for blessing us this morning. Oh, man, Adam, Adam blesses us all the time, but you just came in right in that same spirit and blessed us today. So thank you for being here with us. And uh, we, ho- we hopefully will see you again in the future, uh, worshiping with us again as well. I hope you're in Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles, chapter 20. Those of you watching online, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm really excited that we get this opportunity, even in the midst of this pandemic, to still come together, even virtually. Amen. And uh, I have not memorized the entire Bible by heart. And so I had my phone. It was just here. Some of you probably are that deep with Jesus that you have the entire Bible memorized. I'm not quite there yet. Hmm. Okay. Where that one? Anyway. Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles. Chapter 20. I know that this was not the easiest year for everybody. Am I right? I know it was difficult. For some people, we just got through celebrating yesterday um, the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And for many of us, we did the best that we could to gather with family and to celebrate that occasion. My family, we got together virtually with family yesterday evening, brought in the Sabbath, but we also brought in, thank you, we also brought, uh, we also kind of concluded the Christmas celebration together, right? Oh, and by the way, thank you guys so much, man. Thank you. That was, that was a blessing. And we were able to bring that in early in the morning, me and my family, my, my beautiful wife, Deidre, and our two little kids. My five-year-old son, Tommy, and my two-year-old daughter, Eden. We had our little worship, and we, 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 we sung, sang the songs about the birth of Jesus, and, and we told a little bit of the, the, the birth story of Jesus. Many of you probably did something similar. And then we went ahead, and in light of Jesus being the greatest gift that God has ever given to humanity and all the other gifts that come in its train, we gave gifts to another. And then the evening we got together virtually, which many of us probably also had to do. Now, I see that we have some family here. You guys are blessed. I, I, I'm, I'm a little jealous because I wish my family was all together. Oh, man, it was different this year. But I'm also keenly aware that there are people that yesterday was not as joyful a celebration. You didn't have those in-person connections with family. And I'm keenly aware, many, many people in our, in our country and in the world, uh, yesterday was also a time where the, the loss of a loved one was also keenly felt. I'm, I'm, keen, I'm, I'm aware that that's the reality for many people. And so as I've been looking you know, over 2020, I've got to let you know that God doesn't waste a crisis. I'm not saying that God is the cause of the crisis, but God doesn't waste a crisis. Three words, three words have emerged in my thinking, in my heart, in my mind as I reflect over 2020. For me personally, but as I look over the culture, as I look over the world and and our nation, uh, three words have emerged. The first word is unprecedented. I heard that word a lot. Unprecedented. The second word that I heard was fear. Heard that word a lot. And then the third word that I heard a lot was crisis. Now, it wasn't like there weren't any prior to 2020, but it just seemed like that was used a lot in this particular year. And when I, if you just want to sum up what a lot of us have probably experienced and what a lot of people have experienced around the world in our nation, you can just put those three words together and you you kind of get the gist of it, right? Uh, we experienced, many of us at various times in 2020, we experienced unprecedented fear in crisis. 
Did I capture that well? Unprecedented fear in crisis. And here's the, here's the insidious thing about this thing called fear. Is that what it does is it creeps into your life and it, and it sucks out. It, it, it pulls out the joy and the, and the life and the peace that you were intended to have as followers of Jesus. And, 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 and what's often at the root of this thing called fear is this sense of a loss of control over, the, over outcomes regarding people and circumstances often involving the element of the unknown. I think of this one night when I went out to take the trash. It was pitch black in the area where we were living in, in Maryland at the time. I was just going out to take the trash, and there was this kind of wooded area with a lot of trees, and I heard some rustling in there, and it sounded like an animal. I didn't know what was in there. I couldn't control, at least I didn't feel in the moment, the circumstance. Therefore, what was triggered in me was fear worry. And so I believe that we can identify with the king that's in Second Chronicles chapter 20. Because immediately his, his nation was thrust into a situation where they were immediately triggered into fear because of an unprecedented crisis that they weren't expecting. The message comes to King Jehoshaphat. And that's a word that you've got to say three times fast. Let me see, Jehoshaphat, 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 not that. You've got to say it maybe seven times fast. Maybe that'll trip you up a little bit. Jehoshaphat. King Jehoshaphat, the Bible says in Second Chronicles chapter 20, with this unprecedented threat of, of this coalition of, of, of nations that were there in the surrounding area there in Palestine, Basically, you have the, the Ammonites, and you have the, and I always struggle to say this word, the, the Maonites, the Maonites, and you also have the Ammonites. They're coming from the east. A multitude of them, the Bible says. This was legit, like, like fear, okay? Th th this, was, this was an attempt at total annihilation. And, and, and it, it was sweeping across the countryside, and it was pressing closer to Jerusalem, where King Jehoshaphat was. The message comes to him. And the Bible says in verse 3, the Bible says that Jehoshaphat was afraid. Jehoshaphat was afraid. Fear gripped his heart. Just so you understand a little bit of the context. Especially when you compare with the northern kingdom of Israel, which split, you know, right at the time after Solomon died, okay? So the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah, okay, are two different kingdoms. And northern kingdom of Israel pretty much didn't have any, like, kings that were faithful to Yahweh. The southern kingdom of Judah had kind of some good kings and some bad kings. This was a, for the most part, good king. <clears throat> faithful to Yahweh. He's experienced victories. He's actually been able to build up a strong military at this point for the defense of the nation. And he could have, in his humanity, kind of said, you know, I mean, I, I, I got this. <clears throat> or <clears throat> let, me, let me try and strategize what I'm going to do now with this oncoming threat. Maybe we need to kind of go and get some other people to kind of be a, a coalition with us against this other coalition that's threatening our nation. If you're thinking about 2020, and at the early part of the year, we had a threat, an outside threat that threatened our nation, right? This threat in Second Chronicles chapter 20 uh, threatened countless lives, very much as the coronavirus pandemic has threatened and even taken thousands of lives. So, so, so let's not minimize the legitimate threat that Jehoshaphat and Jerusalem and Judea is facing. It's real. It was happening. Lives could have been at stake, much less the large, bigger picture and story of God that was supposed to be fulfilled through them. And they were experiencing this fear as King Jehoshaphat, who's supposed to be the leader, <clears throat> they say that the person that is leading should be the most calm person in the room during a crisis. 
The Bible says in verse 3 that Jehoshaphat was afraid. So as we are now facing several unknowns in this upcoming year, 2021, can you, can you imagine that, Agnes? When did we get, I, I thought I would be on the streets of gold by now. 2021, there are several unknowns right now. There's a lot of things dangling in the air in our individual lives, but also in the world at large. And I don't know about you, but I, 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 when I'm dealing with this thing called fear, I don't just want to overcome it. I want to crush it. Yeah, I want to see it under my feet. I want to see it in the dust. And so our question that we're, that we're asking today is with so many unknowns on the horizon in 2021, how do we crush fear in the new year? How do we crush it? I think today as we're in 2 Chronicles, I think I've given you enough time to go there, right? 2 Chronicles chapter 20. We're going to be in our Bibles today. And we're going to begin in verse number 3. Dive into this story with me because I believe the Lord is going to use this story to help us crush, crush fear in the new year. We already established this, that King Jehoshaphat, faithful to, faithful to God, has all this clout, has all this influence, he's already experienced victories, but he himself, the leader of the nation, he is afraid. Look at verse number three. The Bible says Jehoshaphat was afraid. Everybody say afraid. Afraid. So he sought, watch this, so he sought. I'm reading, uh, I'm not sure which version I was just getting. Oh, oh, this is an excellent, the voice, okay? Uh, the scripture reading, which was, which was excellent uh, this morning that was read, is in the NASB. I'll be in the voice today. But whatever translation you have, as long as it's the Bible, it's all good with me, okay? The Bible says, the Bible says he, he was afraid, but watch what comes next after that word afraid. So he what? What does it say in your translation? So he set himself to seek the Lord. Mine says he sought the Lord. One translation, I think NASB says he, he turned towards the Lord. Okay? So he's afraid. Watch this. He is legit afraid. He's worried. He's full of anxiety. He's triggered. That's a real human <clears throat> response to this type of threat. <clears throat> okay? But he sought the eternal. He sought the Lord and required all Judea's citizens to fast. Again, he could have strategized. He could have gotten his military together. He could have figured out, what are we going to do to fix this problem that we all face right now? I'm a leader. I need to show myself on all of the different news networks that I am in control. But he recognized he wasn't in control. Can I just pause here parenthetically? I'm getting excited already. It's too early for that. Can I just tell you that the reason the temple was the central fixture in Jerusalem and in, the, in that capital of Judea and before the split in Israel. Do you know why the temple was the fixture and not the palace of the earthly king? Remember, God did not establish a human kingdom when he established the nation of Israel. Who was supposed to be Israel's king? God. Where, where was the throne represented, right, because earth is too big for him. Where was the throne on earth to be represented and housed? In the temple in Jerusalem. So the big fixture, the big thing that, fi that focuses everybody's attention is the throne room of the real king. You see, the earthly king was just a human representative that was to direct you to the one who's really in control. And so the fact that this earthly king gets what we all feel, afraid, when triggered with a legit real threat was an opportunity for him to say, hey, all right, I get it. We're all scared right now, but watch this. Let me direct you to who's actually in charge. He calls all of the people of God. He called, it, it, it'll say a little bit later on, I believe it's verse 13, the, the, the families with the children, the, mother, the wives, everybody, not just the representatives of your household. No, the whole, bring everybody. We're praying, we're fasting. His response to the fear was the game changer. I just want to pause here. I know that some people also face 
real issues when it comes to like mental health. You know, there's some clinical issues, there, there's, some, there's some, some chemical issues sometimes with the brain, and there's all types of real issues that we face in 2020. But I want to tell you, it's not whether you're going to be afraid. It's not whether something, Sue, is going to trigger us, right? To feel a little anxiety from time to time. That's not the question. The, the, the thing is, what are you going to do about it? What's the response to that fear? Are you going to take matters now into your own hands? Are you going to react? How are y'all doing with that? I know I needed your prayers. This week, this month, I need your prayers. Because there are times where whoo, I'm triggered in a moment. Somebody says something. And my initial gut human reaction is to want to react to the situation. To react to that person when the Bible says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood. And so I've got to go into a spiritual warfare position. I put a, a post out some time ago. It's on my Facebook cover. And it says that prayer is an act of war. The commander-in-chief, this king of Judah, was going into the first priority of war. He says, let's pray. That wasn't a last resort. To say, God, we're going to do something, we're going to strategize. God, well, I'm putting this in quotes, God helps those that help themselves, right? No, 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 come on, let's do away with that. No, we're going to pray first. I'm going to pray first in this situation. I'm, going to, I'm not going to respond to them. I'm going to pray. They may not know that that's what I'm doing right now, but in this moment, before I say what I want to say, I'm going to pray. Before I start planning what I'm going to do with our budget, because we don't know how we're going to make ends meet, I'm going to pray. I need God to be the one to, to, to direct me, to steady, to steady my heart. Prayer is the first response. I want you to know the first thing that we're learning here if we're going to crush fear in the new year is we've got to prioritize prayer the moment we feel afraid. Can we do that? Can you all take that journey with me? I'm on this journey with you. Can we, can we say we're going to, in this coming year, not if we're going to be afraid, come on. When we feel afraid, feelings are real. They don't always dictate the reality of a situation. They're very deceptive, but they're real in our experience. So what, what are we going to do about them? When we feel, the Bible says, David says that when I am afraid, I will trust in you the psalm says and what does he do in order to trust in him i guarantee you david said i'm going to go to pray let me start praying let me battle this thing out in prayer let me let me say god i want you to be my first response god you dictate what's going to happen in this situation i am not in control and that's okay as a matter of fact that's that's really good because because you're in control i am surrendering to you i'm acknowledging your authority in this situation prayer needs to be the first priority the first move the first strategy when the moment you feel afraid in 2021 i remember the movie um and I, by the way i love this graphic with the little the little kitten or the, or the cat right because the shadow is showing a a what a lion, right? It made me think about the Lion King. I mean, have you ever seen that film, The Lion King from Disney? Years ago, okay. The Lion King, there's a scene there where the father, I'm forgetting his name. What was the father's name? Anybody remember the father who died? Mufasa, that's right. Mufasa. Ooh, right? That, that was the whole thing. Mufasa. Ooh, exactly. Jesus. Ooh, to the devil, right? <laughs> okay, so, so. So the, the, the father is talking to his son. He's still alive. He's talking to his son. And his son asks him, man, when you go out there and you do what you do and you confront threats and you do all this as king, he said, do you ever get scared? And I'm going to paraphrase here. Anybody can correct me at any point at this point. He basically said, of course. I, of course, I, I, I do feel afraid. But see, courage and being brave is about... Is about even when you feel afraid to still go ahead and do what needs to be done. Am I getting that just about right? That's, that's a paraphrase. You see, it's not, it's not the person with courage and the person that's brave. It's not that they don't actually have feelings of fear on the inside. I have sometimes young people when I'm serving over here at the, um, at the academy, they ask me, you know, when you go up and you speak or you have a Bible study when you talk about God, oh, did you ever get nervous? I go, yeah, every single time. Of course. 
I'm about to communicate about the God of the universe who holds all things together. There should be some level of trembling that takes place when that happens, right? But here's the thing. When you allow him to be the one to use you, when you allow prayer to be the first strategy, right? You're saying, guess what? It really actually isn't about me. It's about him. I sometimes like to say, when I'm done talking about him, I want to be forgotten in the experience. I want such a compelling picture of the love of God revealed in Christ to be so impressed upon the mind that they don't even remember what I wore that day or what I said. They just know Jesus is amazing and he wins. In this prayer that is prayed there in, I'm not going to go through all of it, but I do want to bring out some, some amazing principles of pray with others. They called everybody together. Pray with others. Get some friends. Get some people that you know are seeking the Lord. Don't get your friend that's going to pull you into anxiety and trigger you even more. No, get your, call Agnes or, or call Betsy. Call some people that pray, that talk to Jesus. Pray with others fast. And that doesn't always have to be food. It can be something that you know that you, that, that you like to do and you want to, you want to put that aside and say, I'm going to use that time to pray, to seek God. As often as you want to do it for as serious as the need dictates. There's some things in my life, the need was so, so big, so beyond me. That's what I need to, I need to fast once a week until I hear from God. Some people may say, I need to fast for a week. You know, for certain things, I, I'll, I'll skip a meal, skip two, whatever. Okay? The idea is your fasting is not so much about what you're avoiding. It's about who you're seeking and the faith that he's anchoring in you, in him, however he's going to answer your prayer. All right? And by the way, it's not about strong-arming God to, to execute your will. You're seeking God to know what his will is and to get such a connection with him that you see him and you see him for who he is and his character that you say, I, I trust you, Daddy, to handle this however you want to handle it. That's what prayer and fasting is, is about. Declare God's sovereign power. Oh, if you read this prayer in, in, in this chapter, he starts talking about God's power. Woo! Sometimes we talk too much about the devil's power, right? Or political powers, or the power of the virus, or, or, or whatever issues are, are in your life, right? We, we sometimes big up the enemy forces that's behind everything bad that we're experiencing. We start to say, we start to praise the devil. And he's like, whoa, they're really talking good about me. I am pretty, I'm pretty strong. When, the, when all the while, I'm talking to you right here now, okay? All the while, the devil knows that God is far superior in power than he is. But he loves it when he deceives you to think the opposite. Praise God's power. Yeah, you see that army coming. But say, but my God, that, that army is like an like a, a ant pile to him. He's going to stomp that, blow a wind, drown him in the Red Sea. Come on. Recount his acts of delivering you in the past. Come on, son, I could just go around. You know God's been good to you. You're alive in 2020. That, that right there, everybody should just break out in praise, and I should, just, I should just walk off the stage at that point. Everybody just testify. You know God has been good to you. You're actually here. You're watching online. You're breathing, right? Things have not always been the best, but you have been sustained. It's tough, but you're here. There's hope. He has been good to you. He has provided for you. You may have ate some cereal this morning. Praise God, right? So, so we, God, you did this for me. God, we've been in worse situations. or God, we've been in a, a difficult situation similar to this and, or close to this. And talk about that. Talk about what he's done, right, as you face what you're facing. Uh, remind him that his name and reputation is on the line. <laughs> oh, I love this. In the prayer. Jehoshaphat starts to talk about what Solomon prayed at the dedication of the temple. What this, this story, by the way, is a fulfillment of what Solomon prayed. Whenever we're under attack or we're about to go into battle, we're going we're to gather here for prayer. And God, you've promised that you're going to deliver. You're going to hear from heaven and you're going to step in and you're going to save us. Right? That's the promise of God. God affirmed that 
responding to Solomon's prayer a little bit later and told him, I will do for you what you've asked, right? So the whole idea of the temple and Jerusalem and all that was that the name of God dwelt there. And if you've heard me say anything that made sense since I've been here, you know when I talk about the name of God, it's not just Yahweh or Jesus. It's what that represents about his reputation, about his character. And God's character is summed up in a good four-letter word. Love. Unfaith unfaithful, Lord Jesus, forgive me. Faithful. <laughs> Faithful love. Other-centered, self-sacrificing, giving love. Okay? So God... I bear your name. I'm your child. That's what, that, that's what he's praying there. This city, this temple bears your name. Your name is on the line. You want to bless the nations through us. That's, that's your promise to Abraham. So if we're wiped out, how is your name going to be glorified? If I get taken out in this situation, how am I going to represent your name, God? Step in because of your name. Tell him about the promises he made to you. He likes to hear that. God knows what he's promised. He knows what he's going to do, but he likes to know that you trust him. You bringing it up is not rude. God, you said that you would do this, and you said you would do that. That's not rude. You're actually saying, God, I know you can do it. You've done it before. You promised you're going to do it, and so I'm trusting you to do it and act right now. Tell him the stark reality of your situation. Sometimes we like to sugarcoat it with God when God knows the raw details. He knows it's messy and he's in the mire with you. That's the God that we serve. That's the God in the incarnation in Jesus Christ. He came into this dark, sin, messed up world. He's on the ground in this COVID-19 world. And Jesus says, in this world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. I have overcome COVID-19. I have overcome all human authority. I have overcome it. Tell him the stark reality. It's messy. I don't know how I'm going to relate with my children right now. I don't know what's going to happen in this marriage. God, I don't even know if I could trust myself to remain connected to you. God, this is the reality. And God goes, thank you for bringing that out. Because now I can do something about it. Because you're being real about it. You're being real about it. God knows the, 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 the dirt. He knows all of it. He sees it and he still loves you. And he still has a plan to intervene. Tell him about the reality. Invite him to judge. Yes, I said that. Invite him to judge. You see, if you're a follower of Jesus, judgment for you means deliverance. Children of Israel are, are in bondage in Egypt. The appropriate prayer is, God, would you deliver us? But delivering them from Egypt meant judgment on who? The oppressor. You want to pray for the repentance of the oppressor. Because you're messing with my God. I'm his child. You mess with me, you're messing with the God of the... Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? This changes everything when you go on the job, when you go home. You are a representative of the God of the universe. You're his He's your dad. You're under his authority every moment that you breathe. You mess with me, you don't know who you're messing with. You've got a serious problem on your hands if you're oppressing, if you're harming me. Now, God forbid you're the one oppressing or harming or violating. Well, then repent, please. <laughs> right? Because you're under the rule and the reign of God. Invite him to judge. Invite him to evaluate. Invite him to step in and intervene so that justice will prevail. And then admit your weakness. You're powerless. He's the king of Judah. And he says, look, I, we don't know what to do. I mean, how, how inspiring of the confidence of, of, of his subjects. Imagine, and, and this is just easy to, to, to pull out right now because it's on everybody's mind. Imagine if the, uh, whether it's the president-elect or the current president, what if one of them just stepped forward and said, yeah, I really just don't know what to do. How do you feel about that? Well, if you're only looking to a human being, Lord, good God Almighty, if you're only looking to a human being, then that would discourage you, wouldn't it? Because you've put all your hopes in a human. But when you have put all your hopes in the one who holds everything together and he just has representatives that he's using, then you can say, okay, well, look, I know who, we're, who we need to turn to. 
We're powerless, Jehoshaphat says. We don't know what to do. But watch how he ends this prayer. Ah, he ends by looking to him in faith for what to do. He says, the eyes of all of us, the eyes of Jerusalem, the eyes of Judea are on you, Yahweh. We're looking to you right now. We're just going to stand here. We're going to pray, intervene, reveal what needs to happen. And watch this, God does. The prophet of the Lord begins to speak. Oh my. I'm going to leave this up here just so that if anybody wants to write this down. Where you go? Oh well. If you didn't write it down, too bad. <laughs> but if you want, you can talk to me afterwards. Watch this, guys. As they're praying and everybody's there, somebody heard from the Lord. You're not going to go into a situation. The Bible says that, that nothing happens unless he speaks first to his servants, the prophets. God has a word for every situation. Do you know that? Whatever you're going through, there's something that the scriptures have to say about what you're dealing with. I love what Pastor Randy Roberts of Loma Linda uh, Church in Loma Linda, California says. I've never forgotten this. When I heard it, it just, it just hit me like, whoa. It's kind of like, duh, but because you know, you, you've been around the, the Bible and church for a while. But then you really hear what it's saying to you. It's powerful. He says, it's through what God spoke that he still speaks. Hide that in your heart. It's through what God spoke. We're reading about what God spoke today. But through this, this is where the Holy Spirit, this is why the book is alive. Through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He's speaking right now to you. The, in, in some scholars call it a rhema word, I think in Hebrew. A rhema word, a right now word. He has something to say to you, not just what he said to those 2,000 years ago or, even, or, 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 even, or even longer. He's saying, I have something to say to you right now in your situation, what you're struggling with, what keeps you up at night. I have something to say to you. And the, and the prophet of the Lord starts to speak. And the Bible says in verse 15, come with me to verse 15. Verse 15, the Bible says, now this is the prophet of the Lord. He's speaking. Listen to me, all Judah, citizens of Jerusalem, and King Jehoshaphat. In other words, every one of y'all that are afraid. Listen. The eternal, in other words, the Lord God, Yahweh, has responded to your pleading. Get ready for God to respond to your prayer. Don't just keep talking. Allow the one who's the lover of your soul to respond because he wants to, because he is. And listen to the words now coming from the Lord. First thing he says, I love this. Do not what? Be afraid. You're triggered right now. First thing he says to you before he gives you the rest of the good news, and I can't wait to get to it. He says, do not fear or worry about this army. The battle is not yours to fight. Ha! It is the true God's. It is the Lord's. Verse 16, tomorrow they will travel through the... Look, he's giving you the game plan. He's... Ha! Yes, he's already telling you what's going to happen. He's like, look, here's what's going to happen. I love it. Verse 16, tomorrow, they will travel through the ascent of, of Ziz. Meet them at the end of the valley before the wilderness of Jeruel. Therefore, I will be watching. Now, here's your, here's your job. Here's what you're supposed to do. Verse 17, stand and watch. Your translation may say, stay in position. Position yourselves, Right? Stand and watch. Do not fight the battle. There you will watch the eternal. Save you, God. Uh, excuse me. Save you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or worry tomorrow. Face the army and trust that the eternal, that Yahweh is with you. Woo! What if, you, what if you faced that boss, that difficult situation, and said, I'm just going to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord? What if you were so worried about what's going to happen on your job and your employment that you just said, no, I'm going to stand still. I'm going I'm I'm to position myself and see the salvation of the Lord. He gave you what the strategy was ahead of time. That's what the enemy's going to try to do. He's going to try and paralyze you with anxiety. He's going to try to suck the life out of you is what the word of the Lord says to you. He's going to try and keep you from living. 
in the midst of a pandemic. He's going to try and keep you from witnessing a good witness to, to the Lord Jesus Christ. But here's what I need you to do. I need you to stand still. This is what happened at the Red Sea. God didn't say, Joshua, get all the men and station everybody. Try to fight off as many of them as you can, and then I'll maybe try and come and help you. No, he said, I need you to stand firm. Stand over there. What is he saying to you? Here's what I need you to do. Positioning yourself here. What does this mean for us right now? I need you to trust me. I need you to get into a regular daily devotion with me. I need you to trust my word. I need you to trust my promises. That's what standing still means. I need you to meditate daily on the word of God. I need you to get into a daily reading plan of reading, meditating, and maybe I encourage journaling through the word. So you can position yourself, steady your heart, steady your mind on the promises of God, right? If you're going to make it through this coming year and if you're going to crush fear, then you've got to trust God's word to you. There's a lot that the Bible has to say, and we like to... You know, one of the things that, 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 that's really funny when I talk with people in a Bible study setting or a devotional setting is that oftentimes people want to take the position of the instructor and they want to start telling everybody else what they need to do. We'll read a passage and we'll go, okay, now what is the Lord saying to you? And here's what they'll say, not what the Lord said to them. They'll start to say what the Lord needs to say to you. Have you heard this before? They'll start to say, oh yeah, well, see, if you, if you would just trust God, I mean, if you would just pray more, if you'll just start witnessing, if you'll just start getting your life together, right? But, but how often do you hear somebody, you know what the Lord is convicting me of? I need to turn from this and turn to him. I need to rest more in his grace. I need to treat people better because I know that I can grow in that area. You know, I, I need to pray before I respond, you know? The Lord has something to say to you. There's never a time that you open the Bible. Hear what I'm saying. There's never a time that you open the Bible. That one, you're not in the presence of God. And two, he doesn't have something to say specifically to you in your situation. Listen for it. See, this is what you're doing in the morning when you spend time praying, reading, and meditating through the word of God. You're learning how to listen for the voice of God. Not just the, what's written there on the text. That's, that's critical. That's important. Yes. But remember, it's through what God spoke that he still speaks. Listen. Learn how to listen. You'll find that the Bible encourages you more often study. The encouragement, yes, is to study. But far more than study, it says meditate on the word. Meditate. Soak in it. Sit in it. Listen. The Shema for the for the Israelites, every day they get up, still to this day. And it says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Listen. Listen to what he has to say, because he's speaking. He's speaking. And he wants you to know, position yourselves. This is not your battle. You think 2021 20, is in your hands? I've got 2021. And by the way, I've got 2020. God really is in control. Not in a kind of authoritarian, be afraid of him sense, but in a sense that the ruler of all the universe is your dad. It's your dad. Trust him. Trust his word to you. Get into the daily rhythm of being in his word. And I want to encourage you, get in a grow group. Yes, I said it. A grow group is just a, just a nice way for us to say today, you want to grow in Christ? Be in biblical community like the New Testament. House to house is how they did it. But now do it virtually. Get in Zoom. Be in an environment where you're learning to trust the word of God. Last thing I want to share with you is in verse 19. The Bible says in verse 19, again, if we're going to crush fear, if we're going to crush fear in this new year, here's what the Bible says. Meanwhile, oh, I love this. Oh, the Levite families of the Kohathites and the Korites stood up to praise the Eternal One, praise Yahweh, the true God of Israel, with a very loud noise with very loud voices rather and then the bible says in verse 21 having addressed his people jehoshaphat asked those who sang to the eternal to the to yahweh to god to lead the army ah and praise his magnificent holiness Woo! here's what they said here's what they sang here's the praise song give thanks to the lord because he, his loyal love or his mercy or his steadfast, faithful love is forever. Verse 27 and 28. 
Uh, verse 27 and 28, the Bible says, Every man of Judah and citizen of Jerusalem followed Jehoshaphat. Now, this is after the victory. Yeah, that's after the victory. Jehoshaphat, they went back to Jerusalem with joy, with joy, rejoicing because the eternal defeated their enemies. They paraded into Jerusalem with harps, lyres, and trumpets, and up to the eternal's house, up to the temple of the Lord. Family, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to put it up. If you're going to crush fear, ah, this is for those of you that missed it last time. There you go. If you, if you missed anything. Two seconds. One second. Okay, it's gone. You can watch it later. If you're going to crush fear in 2021, if you're going to crush fear in this new year, you've got to praise God before and after the victory. I'm going to say it again because some praise should have already broken out. If you're going to crush fear in this new year, praise God before and after the victory. And I would even suggest during the battle. Sometimes when we think of praising God, we think of silly, immature, in my, in my opinion, church debates. Good night. Can we please grow out of that silliness? Seriously. Praising God is, is your life. Worshiping God is your life. When they praised God through what they said or did, they were exalting who he is and what he's done. It's really that simple. And when you trust God, you're saying, I believe in the one who is the sustainer of all things, who provides everything for me. When you tell your testimony and you say, God is good, let me tell you what he did for me. You're praising God. God, when you get a song and you sing through the difficulty, like we talked about, I'm going to praise him in the middle of the storm, right? That's praising God. When you give a faithful tithe and offering, you would think the pastor locally would say something about that, right? All that you do, you're praising God. When you take care of your body temple, you're praising God. When you get on that instrument and you play beautifully, Sue, you're praising God. When you're a young person, you say, I want to give my life fully to Jesus Christ. Publicly, I'm going to give my life over to him. Josiah, you're praising God. Everything in your life that exalts the character of God revealed in Christ is praise. It's praise. It's not just what we do here. What we do here is important. We need that, that boost, right? Hopefully we're getting a boost when we come here. But before you get here, you should already have the praise of Yahweh on your lips. You should have been praising him all week. When that person did something bad to you and, and, and you were triggered and you got all in your emotions and feelings, if we're starting to apply what we're talking about here, you would have first said, you know, just give me one second. You would have prayed. You would have gotten your word. What is God saying in this situation? God, please help me right now because I want to go off. And then you come and what, before you leave and you go back to that person, God, <laughs> I know you're going to get the victory in this situation. And then you go through it. And as you continue engaging with whatever you're engaging with that was triggering you, then you, you're, you're saying in your heart, God, they don't realize that you're going you're gonna to literally intervene in this situation. They don't realize that you're going to take what the enemy meant for evil and you're going to turn it into good. I don't quite see all of the details right now, but I know the Bible's already told me how my story, you, we can look at the big story, but my story ends in overwhelming victory. If you're in Christ, your story ends in overwhelming victory with little victories along the way that leads up to the big one. So have that paradigm, not the devil is so big and he's going to whoop me this, with whatever the situation is. No. It was an expensive trip for Jesus to come here. The God of the universe says, you know what? I love these people here right now that are worshiping at Vienna in 2020 at the end of it. I'm going to leave all these adoring angels and all these worlds and all this splendor. And I'm going to leave all that beauty and perfection. I'm going to come down to that, 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 <laughs> that place that nobody in the universe, no angel wants to really go because it's just so polluted with sin. I'm going to go there, embed myself there in a womb, and I'm going to live a life like theirs and put my divinity kind of like over here and rely on the Father like I want them to. And I'm going to actually go to the cross and I'm going to reveal the most vivid picture of the love of the Father to the entire universe. And I'm hoping that that will cause some people to be anchored in their hearts in trust to God. I'm hoping that that will convince them that this victory that I've accomplished for them is something that they just need to stand still in. That they just need to trust me in. That they can know that that victory means a guaranteed victory for every other battle you're going to face. 
And listen, folks, I know that we're sinners saved by grace. If you've stumbled somewhere along the way, that, listen, that does not define who you are. Your identity is in Christ. His victory is your victory. His righteousness is your righteousness. The good news is he credits you with it as if it's yours right now until he returns. Unless you harden your heart against him along the way and reject him, he is very, he doesn't give up. He's very persistent. So what he's going to do is he's going to credit you right now all that kajillion dollars of grace and righteousness and holiness and perfection. You have it right now. God's looking at the books in heaven. I don't see what she's, she's confessing. And that's good. I want her to confess because that's freeing her and that's freeing him. But, but I'm looking at the books and I see perfection right now. Holiness. Righteousness. Never made a mistake. I'm looking. I don't see what you're talking about. I think it's in the depths of the sea. And here's what he does. When you confess, repent, and ask the Holy Spirit to fill you on a daily basis, then he's going to now daily start to form you into the very thing he's already declared you to be in Christ. Listen, don't identify with your sin. That's not who you are. Step into who you are now in Christ. Josiah, who you are now. You're in Christ. So what Jesus looks like in those four stories about his life is what you look like in heaven's eyes. And that's who you're becoming every day. But at no, at no point along the journey does God go, he, he messed up way too many times now. Remove, remove the righteousness of Christ from his record. That's not God. The entire time, as long as you stay in the relationship, please hear me somebody, as long as you stay in the relationship, that's why he says, I will complete the work that I've begun in you. You know what your responsibility is? Stay. Stay. That's all Jesus keeps saying in John 15. Abide. Be in, keep in that relationship every day. Prayer. The word. Trust it. Holy Spirit, fill me. I say that all the time at school. Pray. The word, Holy Spirit, fill me. And let it all flow from there. And he will mature you. And yes, along the way, oh, God, I'm so sorry. I, I totally messed up right there. That's okay, CJ. Thank you for confessing that. Let me get in there and fix it up. This story, I can't, I'm, I'm telling you, I've seen it. It's going to end in overwhelming victory. You're going to be praising me like you've never even believed at the end of this. So you just keep praising. You just keep trusting. You keep praying. And I'm telling you, you are going to end out victorious. Watch this, guys. I'm going to end here. Even should you fall asleep in death. Jesus, Jesus doesn't want his followers to be afraid of death. Why? He's conquered it. Death will not hold you in the grave. Are you hearing me? How do you think they were able to, the martyrs were able to face lions? Because the lion of the tribe of Judah Woo, is the one who covers you. Is <laughs> the one who's in control. Is the one who's already conquered Satan. When you stand still and you stay in your position in him, all that good victory, all of that blessing, all of that flourishing that God intends for you is yours. Take it to the bank and go make a deposit. Is there anybody here today that says, I want to make a, I want to, I want to make, not a deposit, I want to make a withdrawal. If there's anybody here that says, I want to withdraw some confidence. I want to withdraw some hope from that huge kajillion dollars of, of grace that God has put, that ocean-like tidal wave of love and grace that he has already poured out. I mean, does the cross need to convince us anymore? God says, I'd rather die than let you just flounder off into insignificance on planet Earth. I've already secured your spot. In heaven, I mean, just heaven is just there. Like, come on, keep trusting him. Oh, I'm telling you, the mansion is awesome. COVID-19 will be a memory that you'll be like, man, we went through something. I know we did, but the victory is going to be so overwhelming. And he's saying, I want you now. I want you to step into that as if it's a present reality. Because in Christ, it is. I'm preaching to me right now. And that's how I want to go in to this new year. Who wants to do that? Who wants to do that? You want to crush it? Then what I need you to do is to, I need you to pray. You want to crush fear? I need you to pray. <clears throat> the moment you feel afraid. 
the moment you feel afraid. Pray with somebody. Do all those things that I mentioned and I kind of put back up there. I need you to trust God's word, but not, not just in a general sense. Trust his word to you because he is speaking to you. You want to know how to do that? I've got all kind of resources and stuff that I like to talk about. And I can, I can hook you up with what that looks like practically in your life. And then I need you to praise him. Please, don't wait till the victory. Shout now. I love to hear preachers say, right? Shout now. The, vic- the victory cry. The choir went out and celebrated the victory before God confused the enemy. And then they just broke out in praise afterwards. It was just praise and worship throughout the whole thing. And all they did was just stand still. Position themselves. Trust the word of God. Thank you for listening to Living for Him podcast. I pray that you were blessed by this message and that you experienced the good news of the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. I'd like to personally invite you to respond to this good news and take the next steps in following Jesus by clicking the prompt in the description. I've also created a resource to help you experience the joy of a close relationship with Jesus called the Life in Christ Daily Devotional Journal. If you'd like to experience Jesus daily, watch the good news of his story unfold throughout scripture, and do this as a weekly small group gathering, then get your copy today in print or ebook by clicking the link in the description. Living for Him exists to tell the story of Jesus for the equipping of healthy disciple makers who extend his reign of love. If you'd like to support the further development of this exciting ministry, then I encourage you to become a monthly supporter by also clicking the link in the description. Your support is greatly appreciated. You're also invited to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting our website at livingforhim.tv. Lastly, we kindly ask that you write us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you're listening to us on, and share this podcast with your friends. I look forward to meeting you here again in our next episode, where our desire is that you experience the joy of life in Christ. Once again, I'm CJ Cousins, and I'm living for him.